You are listening to Sejura Decoding Law Podcast. I am Phyllis Schuster, the Chief Team Intelligence Officer of Sejura. And I am Genevieve Dubois, the Chief Marketing and Innovation Officer of Sejura. And And just just like like you, we are lawyers. Together, we will decode the secrets of legal services by having frank conversations about what clients really want in legal services so that you can be a happy and successful lawyer. Let's get started. Welcome to Sejura Decoding Law. Here we are with our second episode of 2023, and we are going to be talking today on what does generative AI or chat GPT, for instance, mean to lawyers. I'm Phyllis Schuster. I am Chief Team Intelligence Officer and Executive Legal Director of Sejura. I'm here with my partner, Janev. Janev, you want to introduce yourself, please. Hello, Phyllis. Hello, all lawyers and all non-lawyers. Welcome to Sejura Decoding Law. And I am Genevieve Dubois. I'm CMIO of Sejura. That's Chief Marketing Innovation Officer. And I'm actually very, very excited about this topic with generative AI, chat GPT. What does it mean to the legal industry and lawyers like us? And to join us today, very highly qualified on this topic, is our co-founder, Tony Alfonso. So hi, Tony. Hey, Genevieve. Hey, Phyllis. How are you guys doing? We're great. Thanks, Tony. Good, good. Maybe tell our audience a little bit about who you are. Yeah. So I'm Tony Alfonso. Um, I'm a partner at Reed Smith, a global law firm. I'm also a co-founder of Sejura and I'm the strategic alliance architect. So basically I act as a bridge between Sejura's clients and the legal services that big law like Reed Smith provides to our clients. Well, thank you and welcome. Thanks. So Janev, what does generative AI mean to lawyers? Go for it. All right. I think that generative AI is a wake-up call to lawyers. And I actually going to take a tone that is very serious. If we don't take technology seriously before as lawyers, then we just think that it's just a hype, that it's going to go away. This is different. The reason being, in the last several weeks, ChatGPT, who's had very limited functionality, already have 100 million people try to use it, okay? And I also think that by using ChatGPT and generative AI by clients and business people, it's going to amplify the problems that lawyers already have with trying to get business, trying to expand business, trying to collect. Because... There are two factors that we've been talking about in last year's all the episode is that clients have no idea the value of lawyers, what lawyers actually do. And also clients complain all the time, legal services are so expensive. Now, if they don't know what you do and they think you're expensive, but the only reason they use you because they can't, they don't have anywhere to turn to. Now you suddenly have a generative AI software comes on that they can generate legal answers that they think might be right or a contract that they don't know is right or wrong, but it looks pretty good and is so inexpensive, why wouldn't they use that? And I really think this is a wake-up call to lawyers 
And I'm glad we're talking about this today. I mean, Tony, what, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think you've hit it right in the head. I think all of us have been thinking about this and the impact of technology on the legal profession and how we provide service to the client and what the legal business is about. And I think chat GPT and generative AI is just kind of bringing this all to a head. It's because it's really going to expose. I think a lot of clients think like, oh, well, I don't want to pay my lawyer. What do they do? They just like take some more documents and regurgitate the information and slap something together and give it to me. And that's, you know, so they don't know the value that goes into that. They don't know the value that goes into the experience that's put into those documents over the years and years of, of, of the practice of law. And so I think the misnomer is always that I don't want to pay my lawyer because I can just replace it by, you know, with something simple. So now this is now we're, we're here 2023. I can replace my lawyer with chat GPT and it's up to us as a legal industry to push back on this and to really show clients what we do. And I think it's an opportunity to show clients what we do and what our value is to really change kind of the dynamics between lawyers and clients so that lawyers can provide better services to their clients and clients can, better understand what services the lawyers are providing. So I think it's going to help both sides actually end up at a better result, at a better understanding of what everything's going on when when legal services are being provided. Thanks, Tony. I have a question for you, though. Like in our last episode, we, we explained a little bit about what generative AI is and from the client's perspective to try to explain it. Could you give us a quick recap of that and summary? So in case some of the lawyers who are listening today, you know, don't have a real clear understanding of generative AI and and how it can affect them. Sure, sure. So technology like generative AI, it's a subset of AI, um, and that's what ChatGPT is. It's basically a natural language processing model that gives computers the ability to generate human-like responses to natural language questions. So as opposed to how we've been, like, we kind of, like, in the movies and sci-fi, how we're kind of, like, thinking machines, generative AI is not that. Generative AI is basically an algorithm that is able to, is trained on a large set of data. Um, in ChatGPT's case, is our understanding that all of the internet and social media is within in the data set that it's trained on to provide responses. And basically how it works is when you ask it a question, it can analyze the question and then provide a response based on what the probability is of all the information that it's been trained on of what the response would be. And it would, it goes through a process where it keeps every word, basically what would normally be, what, what is the most responses to this previous word that the current word has? So it keeps doing that until it generates the whole response. So it's, it's not really thinking the way, you know, we think that humans think, but what it's able to do very effectively is take a large, you know, set of data and provide a response in you know, human-like response to a, a question that's asked by by a person. So, it's and if you ever use Chat GPT, it's it's pretty effective at doing that, regardless of whether the information um, is true or not. It's pretty authoritative uh, as of what the information it gives. And if you, as lawyers, you have not tried Chat GPT, by the way, it's free. You should try it. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to use. You log in and you just type in like you're chatting with your friends. What is the meaning of identification? It gives you spit out this very sound. It sounds like lawyers wrote it, 
Um, and why would any client question it? It just sounds right. Right. And, and they immediately get the answer. They don't have to wait for phone calls and emails. And then they're not going to get a bill for $500 ask a question. Right. That's a scary thing. But the, the other thing that I think I think we need to really think about is, you know, recently we looked at um, some of the news and, and postings by law firms, large law firms. And they're talking about how they position to use generative AI. Um, you know, Tony, do you want to dive into just kind of give an overview of what what they're saying and, and you know, what does it really mean? Yeah, so there's there are large law firms that um, and there's companies that are using generative AI and targeting law firms as customers to provide them with, um, I guess, a technology solution to give them generative AI to use internally to produce you know, to ask you questions, to produce memos, to produce emails, to produce contracts, to produce agreements, to produce all the things that lawyers produce, which, and they're, they're marketing, I'm not really sure, they're marketing that they have this technology and they have this capability to do this. And I think a lot of the things that it, it, it's focused on is things that you would normally think in the legal service industry as some a, a more junior associate or young, uh, a paralegal producing. But I, I really don't think that they're fully understanding the impact of what they're actually saying to the to the clients and to the and to just the the the, the public about what a lawyer does. Because at least what what I've seen, it's like we're going to use this tool internally to, you know, make to, so that we can do things quicker and analyze more information and produce all the, and to produce all the things from until a few months ago, we've been producing and paying and charging you large amounts of fees for, and for a long time. And so I think there's a a serious gap and I think it's kind of irresponsible to believe that a, a technology that's not very mature and it's just in a beta stage to go ahead and slap that on your legal services and to under and to tell clients that you're using it to do their services without really even understanding how chat GPT or any other generative AI is really analyzing the information it's trained on and producing the responses into your questions. I think it's 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 important for us as an industry to really like Genev said, wake up and understand that this is an existential threat to our services because it's. It, I don't think clients fully understand exactly what we do behind the scenes and they don't necessarily want to understand and we're bad at showing our homework sometimes and just accepting that a generative AI like ChatGPT can just do what we do in a certain way I think is very, is very dangerous thinking and can lead to some unintended consequences. Some of the news that I saw I mean, the, the firm would actually said, one of the big firms would say that, oh, we're using this generative AI uh, specific product that's specific for the legal industry. And he said, we're using it to produce contracts, to write memos for lawyers, um, and to do research. And I'm looking at this, and I'm a lawyer, right? I'm looking at this, I'm like, what do you think clients think you do? You're supposed to do legal research. You're supposed to write memos, you're supposed to write contracts, but now you're marketing in a way that you're telling the clients, I'm using all this, uh, instead of I'm doing it, a generative AI is doing it for me, and then I turn around and give it to you. You have no explanation of how they're gonna use it, like Tony said, and and that is gonna come back and, and 
have huge consequences on legal industry. Yeah, generative AI should not be a marketing tool. This is like a very important technology that's going to definitely change our society and how, you know, forget just lawyer, you know, the legal service industry, just change our society. But it definitely is something that needs to be fully examined of what it's really doing. Because I think it's important to understand when you use technology. And it's, it's interesting that an industry that's very, I think has been, everybody can agree, has been kind of slow to adopt innovative technologies. It's kind of some of, us are quick to jump on this, <laughs> which is probably like uh, something that we don't fully understand it, or not because we don't understand it. It's because a lot of the generative AI don't, does not release a black box. They're not releasing exactly how their algorithm, um, you know, goes to the information and how they're producing the results and whether some of the results are even pre-programmed results. You, we, we just don't, we don't have any idea at this point. And I think it's important to really understand how this technology works, what it really does, so that we can figure out how to really take advantage of it and, and make it useful for attorneys to provide better service to their clients. So let's see how does ChatGPT thinks, how it's can be useful for lawyers. So we went on ChatGPT and asked the question, how can ChatGPT be useful for lawyers? And Phyllis, do you want to go over the answer of ChatGPT, what it, what it gives us? Sure. So when we asked that question, the response we got from ChatGPT says that it can be useful to lawyers in several ways. The first, legal research. So Chat. GPT can help lawyers in legal research. It can input questions, it can review legal concepts, it can review case law, and chat GPT can provide relevant information that can help in preparing legal briefs or making legal arguments. So the next thing that chat GPT says is document review. So we have legal research and document review. We use in document review tasks by analyzing large volumes of documents, contracts, and legal agreements. This can help lawyers save time and effort in reviewing and summarizing documents, especially in complex cases involving multiple parties. Boy, that's scary. Uh, third thing, chatbot. Lawyers can use chat GPT to develop legal chatbots that can interact with clients and provide legal advice and assistance. This can help lawyers improve their client engagement and provide better access to legal services. Chatbot, guys, if anything that we always argue that generative AI should not be replacing lawyers is lawyers are interacting with their clients, providing legal advice, right? That is the golden ticket and the meat and butter of what we do. I can understand, you know, like having general AI help us do legal research faster, reading cases faster, doing document review faster, right? But number three, really, really scary. I mean, Tony, what do you think? Yeah. If anybody has interacted with a chat bot just in trying to get an uh, answer to uh, maybe a customer service response to uh, any products they use on a daily basis, if anybody's interacted with an automated like telephone machine, um, just think about how much more sophisticated it would have to be to replace a human being. I mean, what a lawyer does is analyze information, use their experience and knowledge to provide you with a strategy, with an answer of what your legal, you know, issue is. And 
I mean, I think the most irresponsible thing <laughs> the law, legal industry can do is allow an idea like this to persist and not push back that, you know, regardless what technology you use in the background to, to make, give lawyers, like Genev said, like be able to analyze bigger, you know, sets of data to get better answers. That is going to be a game changer without a doubt. But the human language and what lawyers do is deal in words, right? That's what we do. And you can have one law, five lawyers, and this happens in litigation, look at the same word in the context and argue five different things about what that word means. What, what ChatGPT and Generative AI cannot do is have any kind of nuance, cultural context, you know, just situational context about what these words say. So, or what they really, really mean other than what the dictionary meaning is. And it's combining them with the most likely next word would be based upon all the information it's analyzing that it was trained on. I mean, if there's anything that's more dangerous than a computer trying to do something that five lawyers couldn't really do themselves accurately, or they can always have like a dispute and that's what the legal industry is. Until we figure out some other way to standardize our legal documents so that they're more, you know, um, less conducive to these different meanings, it, that's the only thing that's going to help lawyers. There's no way a computer that doesn't like really think like a human being could ever do this. And I don't think I can say it's stronger than enough. So what's number four, uh, Phyllis? At least ask you. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of speechless, which doesn't happen very often, actually listening to the two of you. Um, what I was going to say is the fourth is language translation and that chat GPT can be used to translate legal documents and contracts from one language to another, making it easier for lawyers to communicate um, with their clients and members of their legal team. I, I, Genev, I think you could probably comment a bit about the translation of documents. So I'm going to throw it back to you. Uh, I uh, live in this so-called language translation, not by chat GPT, by real life lawyers from different countries trying to translate it to Chinese and from English documents. It's a nightmare, even though they were sophisticated translators. Translation is not just about translation of words. It's about choosing which word to use in another language to replace this English concept. It's about what tone you're going to use. It's about how you're going to communicate in a different language and determine that you got to understand the differences between the cultures of, of two countries. And I see deals die because of the translation and because of misunderstanding of the cultural basis. So it, it just to think that how scary it is lawyers think I can just use chat GPT or Genevieve AI and I can grab an English document, no matter is email or to the extensive, you know, like a 80 page agreement, I can just put it in and it just, spit it out with Chinese translation. I just send it off and know it's, it's fine. That's ludicrous. I mean, that can kill your business in no time if you're doing a global business. So, um, yeah, I think the scariest thing for me is like, you know, but the reason we want to spend a little time reading to you what Chef GPT says that was used for the lawyers. All of this stuff, you know, when we're reading to you as lawyers, you sitting there going, yeah, there's no way ChatGPT can do this all very 
sufficiently like we do as lawyers. But the scariest thing is if a client goes on to ChatGPT and asks ChatGPT, you know, how does ChatGPT can be useful for my legal services? And this is what they spit out. Okay, this exact answer was spit out. Guess what the client's going to think? Well, what? I would find my lawyer today. ChatGPT do all this stuff that my lawyers do anyways and not even as good probably. That's their perception. And I think that's important why we want to spend a little time on, um, you know, uh, talking to you about what ChatGPT it is promoting that it is useful for lawyers. Now, that leads to the, the next question is, can ChatGPT or generative AI totally replace and eliminate lawyers one day? Um, let's ask ChatGPT about that. So we did ask ChatGPT, Phyllis, what does ChatGPT say? You are a ChatGPT voice today. What, what does ChatGPT say? Oh, so this is the response. No, chat GPT is not going to eliminate lawyers. While chat GPT can be helpful in performing certain legal tasks, it cannot replace the expertise, experience, and judgment of a human lawyer. Lawyers perform various functions that go beyond the scope of what chat GPT can do. Lawyers need to communicate with clients, attend hearings, court hearings, negotiate, and provide legal advice and counseling. Uh, but, but wait a second, Janev. Stop what right there. What Stop I just right there. To you before about, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. You want it, That's why you're stopping me, right? Yeah, I'm stopping you. Remember, guys, that we just read uh, ChatGPT said why it's useful for lawyers. Remember that? Tony, remember what ChatGPT said about the chatbot? Yeah. That it basically said that we can, lawyers can develop, use ChatGPT to give the legal advice that they would normally give, which is directly contrary to why ChatGPT says it can't be a lawyer. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I th- th- this answer kind of makes me question. This is I, I don't know about uh, the variety. Some of the answers that ChatGPT gives to things that this looks like a very lawyerly response. And as Phyllis continues, <laughs> that, that I think maybe a lawyer may have uh, had some. Um, input and, and influencing the response to this question because they didn't want to actually have ChatGPT say, oh yeah, of course ChatGPT can replace lawyers because that's what it said in the last one. That was the response in the last one because it would be the chatbot. So very interesting. The part that I like, Tony, is the next uh, paragraph from the from the response, which says, moreover, the legal profession is highly regulated and the practice of law requires a license and adherence to ethical standards. ChatGPT, as an artificial intelligence tool, cannot practice law or provide legal advice without human supervision and compliance with these regulations. Come on, lawyers. I mean, we're all lawyers. That is not generated by just random results, okay? That is such a familiar language that lawyers write day in and day out for their clients about their business, how to have license and compliance. We are not done. So, so let me get this straight, though. If somehow somebody was able to lobby the like Florida bar or whatever, like local bar, the American Bar Association to allow, um, you know, some type of artificial intelligence to actually be licensed as a lawyer. And then this this argument goes away. Like that seems kind of like, right. um, I don't know, a little bit suspect. <laughs> it's a little suspect. But, but this yeah. points to how the information, you know, you, you, you have 
mentioned, you know, the black box. We don't we don't even know how this is being put together or the, how the information is being gathered and then coming out. Like this one just seems so perfectly written by a lawyer that so when somebody asked this question because it was a probably something that was thought through that this is the response that would be given. And so that makes me question the creation of the information and then how the information comes out. So the bigger question is, lawyers, you need to answer to your clients when your client, you know, I, note, I'm using the word when and all, not if. When your client's going to ask you, why shouldn't I replace you with my wonderful ChatGPT here? What is it you do that ChatGPT doesn't do? Why is your better that I need to pay you 80 times more than if I use ChatGPT? What are you going to say, right? If your answer is because... Legal profession is highly regulated. We're licensed and we have ethical standards. Guess what your client's going to tell you? Well, I think you're fired because it's up to the client to whether to pay 80 times more for her licensed attorney. Well, not only that, I mean, most legal services, I guess, are premised on some type of a billable hour system. And if law firms are touting that they're using generative AI to basically reduce the number of hours that it takes for them to produce whatever product they're doing for their client. At what point does the client say, well, ChatGPT doesn't bill me for my time, for its time. It's given, and you're saying you're using it for the same way I am. You're just interpreting the result. So maybe the idea is, why don't I just pay you for like 20 minutes? I'll send you ChatGPT's answer and you can tell me whether it's okay, right? Because hold on, aren't you guys using some ChatGPT generative AI type thing internally? Why don't I get access to that? And then why don't you provide legal services like that to me? So I definitely think that it's a slippery slope or it could be a slippery slope on kind of like the underpinnings of why this actually works and how this is helpful to attorneys. And I think we definitely have to be mindful as an industry of, of educating clients on this is really what we do and why ChatGPT cannot do it. And not that ChatGPT is not a helpful tool for lawyers. Of course, it's going to be. Human, the human mind can't analyze the number, the amount of data that you know AI like this can do. But that's only a tool, and it's up to lawyers to to figure out how to responsibly adopt that into their workflow and business processes to give you know clients better outcomes and better services. So I, I, I again, I don't think I can stress enough the the fact that this answer just sounds like the the the, the in-house count, head in-house counsel like like definitely vetted this response to make sure that it didn't go a far afield and leave this up to chance that ChatGPT would say something you know like oh no well we can do what humans can do which would you know it wouldn't be it's ChatGPT's fault it's just that's what the information out there it's trained on and they don't want to have that unintended result to kind of like cast, cast doubt on what it's actually doing and um I think that. Again, it is a wake up call for lawyers because it is going to change legal services. I know that we, at least I sound very definitive about that um, because legal services and legal industries is already on the path of changing. 
And this is, this is something that will accelerate that. And if lawyers don't take a, you know, they take control of this change, um, then they will be changed. And, and one of the areas I can think of, of that, how it will change legal services is Tony talk about the business model of lawyers, right? When you are billing hours and you're in the, you are the black box right now. Okay. The client is like, oh, he has to do a lot of stuff. He sends me a bill and it's $80,000, but I don't know what he's doing. It seems a lot. It seems a lot, like 100 pages of time entries that pay, 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 pay. But now you're like, oh, I'm no longer the black box. I'm using another black box. But that black box will spit out the results in two minutes or two seconds. So you are no longer the black box. Then why do, why do they need you anymore? Right. That definitely going to change the billing system and how you're going to charge the clients like, you know, Tony just explained. But the other area that I think will really change is the roles of all the lawyers going to play, going to play. Right. So right now, one lawyer do everything. I think in the future, by having technology, no matter if it's generative AI or the technology, it's going to have different specialized areas of titles and, and areas of responsibility of a lawyer just doing specific things. So maybe in the future, you're going to have, um, they already have people talking about, it's called lawyers who are specialized in legal data. Lawyers who specialize, they call legal engineers, right? Maybe in the future, you're going to have lawyers specialized in generative AI. Um, and what is it? What does all that really mean for the new generation of lawyers? What does it mean for older generation of lawyers? Nobody is talking about that, and nobody is 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 actually you know trying to tackle those issues. I mean, Phyllis, what do you think about the implication of all that? Well, I think the implication is is we have to wake up and see that things are changing, and that we cannot continue to do what we've done and what's worked for the last. 50 or 100 years. The clients are demanding it. The technology is there that gives us the tool to be tools to be more efficient, more effective in our communication, um, not waste time and money. And our business clients are demanding it. And we have to respond to that because that is the nature of where the world is going to and what our clients are going to. And to be helpful to lawyers as well. As you know, at Sujura, we're trying to not just um, help our clients have a better way with legal services, but we're also trying to make the practice of law better for lawyers. And what I think we need to do is just be mindful of this is our reality. How can we use this to make the lives of lawyers who are practicing law better and that, and start thinking about different ways of doing things uh, because it, it is what it is, but we're trying to be in a place where the clients are happier, the lawyers are happier, we're using these tools and businesses are going to benefit. And that means our business is going to benefit as well. One of the things Cedra is doing, we mentioned in our last episode as well, is we're doing a case study, extensive case study. Um, what we're going to do is take chat GPT as the tool. And we're going to ask um, a very systematic approach, ask them a bunch of questions with a legal aspect of it. And then we're inviting our colleagues um, in the legal industry, lawyers, to look at the answers and really providing more in-depth analysis um, of, of the answers. And then we're going to, to produce a, a case study result. 
the reason we want to spend a lot of time and resources to do this is because as lawyers, we got to understand, you know, what is lacking in generative AI and how do we take that narrative back? Right. How do we actually inform the public? Hey, it's okay for use this, but this is how you should use it in the legal world. And this is how you should think about it. And this is what lawyers do, you know, in in, in conjunction with your generative AI. If we don't start articulate, articulate those things well, the lawyers will be replaced no matter we like it or not. And for the worse, because when we're replaced, it's replaced by information that's that's. God only know where they got the information from. And it's not going to be the right information. And it's going to send whole legal industry into chaos. Tony, do you have um, any other uh, comments in terms of what lawyers should do at this stage? Yeah, I, I think this is a huge opportunity. I think, you know, the legal industry has been kind of slow to adopt technology in a real meaningful manner because I think it, it's hard. You know, what lawyers do is hard. Clients don't understand that. You know, we have an impossible job sometimes to analyze data, to give somebody uh, an actual answer like ChatGPT appears to do, but the answers aren't so black and white. They are gray. That's why we have a court system. (laughs) If they were all black and white, it would be really easy to side cases. And there's not only language involved, but there's equities involved. There's nuances involved. Like I said, there's cultural context involved to, you know, in the end of the day, our laws are to help society, right? It's not just it's not just a business. It's like it helps us organize ourselves as a society to produce helpful outcomes and provide certainty in business. And I think that's one thing that, you know, sometimes it's lost on like the importance of what the law does. And I do think it's an opportunity because the technology can't be useful without lawyers. Lawyers, know, we know what we know. We have experience. And the law is not just what you read from a book. It's, an ex, you know, anybody that practices, it's like we all have mentors. We all have people and, and, and different experiences of people that have helped us kind of like understand the nuances that go beyond the words. And I think it's an opportunity for lawyers to really take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and embrace these type of technologies and figure out how to develop them in a meaningful way that's helpful for lawyers and for clients. And it helps us provide better services and will help us collect our fees better because everybody knows what's going on. We'll help kind of break down the barriers between clients and lawyers of like, what you know, so that we're not always seen as just a necessary evil. I mean, that's unfortunate. I mean, the lawyers work really hard. You know, I work with a lot of them and I know that, you know, they work really hard to provide good services. So I do think they get sometimes a bad rap. Sometimes it's, you know, is is warranted. And I do think like technology like this can help kind of move the, the, the industry forward to, to a better result for both lawyers and clients. On that great high note, that concludes today's podcast. Um, so in conclusion, don't be depressed about it. And, you know, and don't feel like, oh, my God, my profession is going away. Uh, first of all, it's going to it's a long journey. Generative AI is not quite there yet. And a lot of people said it's at least five to 10 or even 70 years away from can just replace human beings. Um, second of all, the most important thing is right now what you can do is keep on learning, keep on understanding what it does and how it's going to affect your business. Be mindful about it. But also important is how do you tell your client about it, right? Don't tell your client, oh, I don't know. Don't use it. It's stupid. That is not how it goes. You have to be on top of it and have a positive narrative to your client 
and that, you know, yes, you can use it, but it's better for you to use it with a lawyer, right? With your lawyers. And as a law firm, we are using it to help us to be more efficient, but there's like 80% of the work still lawyers have to do, articulate what they are. Um, I think those messaging is very, very important, which lawyers are not very focused on. We thought this would be a little bit different and we would close our podcast today by asking ChatGPT how to close our podcast. So here's what it said. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope that you found it informative and engaging. We appreciate your support and would love to hear your feedback. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Remember to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Also, if you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving us a review on your preferred platform. Your support helps us to continue creating valuable content. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to sharing more with you in the future. Thanks, Janav, and thank you, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Sijura Decoding Law today. Next week, we will be discussing a new topic from clients' perspective. All lawyers are welcome to join us as well. At Sejura, we are reimagining legal services with innovative technology and processes. Visit us at sejuragroup.com if you know anyone that may be interested in decoding the secrecy about legal services, please forward our podcast to them. See you next time.